Welcome to the Unmasked Podcast. This is Celine, and I am joined, as usual, by my two lovely ladies, Akira and Southern Cynic. Say hello, ladies. Hey, everybody. Hello. So, welcome back, ladies. We are kind of taking a little bit more time between episodes because we have life happening, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we are back tonight recording um, episode seven. Um, so last week we were talking about episode six and we um, talked real briefly about the song that um, was playing when Angela was doing the um, helping Darlene hack the FBI. And that song is called Guan by the Suffers. And so I had our intro music changed to that song. And so I have spent the last week listening to the Suffers. Have you? Have either of you listened to their music besides the the song that was in last week's episode? Yeah, I listened to a little bit of it, but you know, I mean, I keep going back to that long song, you know, because yeah, I mean, it's just every. I mean, every time I watch, um, watch that episode, I just get kind of put in the mindset of um. Uh, actually, I think and. Actually, I think I remember Southern Cynic, you tweeted, what was this? I guess, I think a gif of Pam Greer. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, the name of that movie escapes, the name of the movie escapes me for the for right now. But yes, every time I'm like, every time I hear it, I get that gif, that gif or that moment for the movie in my head. But um, yeah, I just keep going back to that one. It's just something about it, aside from the way it was used in the scene. But yeah, it's one of my like, jams to be listening to in the car when I'm like, okay, I don't feel like listening to, listening to the radio, so Siri, play Mr. Robot music. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what about you, Southern Sitting? Have you listened to the Suffers or have you just listened to that that one cut from the from the show? Um, I I just listened to that one cut. Um I think Mr. Robot really introduced me to Alabama Shakes and when I heard that song last um during season one. I got stuck mm-hmm. on it. I was listening to the whole album and everything, but this is just, you know, like Akira said, that's that's my driving home, you know, in the car with all the windows down kind of jam, you know. And I, yeah. I would listen to it for a straight week, you know, on my ride home. It's it's, it's good music, but um, it, it, I it is. Heard. Well, I have um, when I was getting that song off, I got it off of Spotify, and you know how Spotify goes; they'll just play the whole album. So I ended up listening to their whole album one night, and I know um, the producer was editing the podcast, and we were talking in the DMs, and he's like, "Who is this group? They're fire!" And I'm like, "Yeah, they are." So um, this week, I've been listening to them, and I happen to have on my um, Roku, and you know how they will put up ads of things you can click on and and watch, and they had a concert from the Suffers, like a nice little 30-minute concert for them. So I got to kind of see them perform live, and they're amazing live. And um, the lead singer's name is Cam Franklin. They're from Houston. Um, So they they really, they remind me of a little bit of Alabama Shakes, a little bit of Brand New Heavies. But, you know, if you haven't listened to the Suffers, I'd really encourage you to listen to their whole album. It's really good. My favorite song besides Guan is um, Giver. It's just like this real um, emotional song about a woman who's given everything to this guy and he's just not appreciating her. And I don't know, maybe I'm the only one who's been in that situation, but it always makes me feel like I'm like in church and she's preaching to me or something. But check out The Suffers. 
it's good music. It's always nice to to discover um, new bands, and they even have a horn section, which I love. And it's just like real people playing real music. So had to give a little shout out to the Suffers, and we will tweet at them, and maybe they will tweet us back. Um, but we're gonna get started with this week's episode handshake. Cause so much was happening in this episode. Um, we left the, we left the end of episode six with Angela. Um, getting basically interrogated by Dom at her um, workstation. And we were like, how is Angela going to get out of this? And um, Angela really, for me, achieved like OG status this week with just staying cool and calm in these crazy situations. So uh, Akira, what did you think about how um, Angela ended up handling Dom? Yes, well, Angela definitely continued to be my girl, Angela, and keeping her cool, calm composure with what was going on and just resorted back to, oh, yeah, you saw, yeah, you saw me on the floor, but, oh, yeah, I was making plans with what's-his-face. Yeah, like, yeah, there was a a legit reason for me being there, not what you think, even though it is what you think, (laughs) but, um, but, yeah, we're not going to let you know that. Um, so yeah, so it's just once again, Angela being, being really resourceful, um, and keeping Dom a little bit more at a distance, really. So girl, Angela coming through again. I'm just amazed at how calm she was able to remain, like visibly Mm -hmm. calm when like Southern Cynic Dom is like, um, oh, I was going to have you come in anyway so I could talk to you. Like, this woman has basically said, I'm going to come and question you for the FBI. And Angela just kind of gives her the slow blink <laughs> and just, you know, is nonplussed. What were you thinking about Angela in this episode? Well, I I really don't know. Um, <clears throat> I'm just glad that Angela is uh, – quick to cover her tracks because had it been me I I would have stumbled all through that I I would have just revealed myself and gave up because um, (laughs) I wouldn't have remembered what I did up there on that floor who I talked to none of the dots would have connected and Don would have saw would have seen right through me so I'm just glad you know Angela is smart enough to handle herself and 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 keep calm and cool and collected you know that's how you get through you know uh, yeah, I I just feel like um, feel like Angela revealed so much. They revealed so much about Angela in this episode because Southern Cynic. After that, um, we saw her talking to Darlene, and she basically, you know, Darlene tries to um, explain the whole situation with Cisco. And I know last week you and I were talking, um, the three of us were talking about that interaction between. Cisco, Darlene, and Angela at the the loft, and we were like, "Does Darlene know that Cisco gave her the um, the disc?" And we were kind of not sure if Darlene was aware of that. And then this week, Darlene basically says, "Yeah, you weren't the intended target, but she definitely knew that Cisco was the one who had given her the disc." And then Angela turns around and basically says, "You and Elliot think you're so smart." I know that you did the hack basically because of the Halloween movie, um, which always leads me back to that Instagram picture and the fact that 
we said a few weeks ago that that Instagram picture was going to get her in trouble because it, you know, just points this arrow directly at her and Elliot or her for sure um, in the mask. So were you guys surprised that they let us know that Angela had figured that out? Not really. Um, I mean, considering that the further we get into the further we get into the season and knowing that the FBI is, you know, non-wavering with their investigation, it's really only a matter of time before people start, you know, for for people to really have all the pieces put together. Um, and then also it just, again, goes to what I've been saying with Angela. A lot of people like to underestimate her, including the people that are closest to her. And mm-hmm. it's one of those situations where it's like, y'all need to, you know, come on now, y'all had to know she was going to figure it out. Um, But also I think that Angela definitely uses that to her advantage. She definitely knows that people underestimate her. And no, I think definitely plays that to her advantage because it's like, oh yeah, they might not think that I am onto them or they might not think that I'm capable of doing this. But let me, but let me go and do my thing and just, you know, throw everybody for a loop um, so that definitely puts her at an advantage, um, I think. So, um, and then also, we've you know we pointed out other situations where it's like we're saying, okay, y'all definitely are not hiding this very well. You're not being that stealth about it. Uh, you know, you might like there's some things that you guys miss, and it's these little things that are that could potentially come back and bite you in the ass. Um, Mm -hmm. so in this case, they watched that movie every Halloween and they made Angela watch it. And so it's just, how did you guys not think that she was going to put the pieces together with the mask showing up? And then if that should have let you know that if Angela is putting the pieces together, then it's only a matter of time before somebody else, Dom, puts those pieces together as well. Yeah. I wonder if Darlene even took that picture off her Instagram account. I, I just wonder about that. I, I just bet it's still sitting there. Because Darlene gets sloppy sometimes. Mm-hmm. She can be a little bit sloppy. Um, one of the other things that happened this episode that just made me giddy, um, we, see, we see Angela with her dad. And sometimes, do you remember this interaction? Um, Angela decides to try to get that... Um, that part of the agreement out where the evil core has to do the inspections. She's trying to get the folks who are part of the settlement to drop that requirement. And she goes to see her dad and it looks like he's working at evil core's version of Walmart, basically. Um, And she, she goes, (laughs) she goes to see her dad and try to convince him to, to drop that part, the inspections. And they have like this interaction and it's just, she's just really cold with her, with her father. And that um, to me was, I don't know. I guess I didn't understand why her and her dad, their relationship was being portrayed in that way. Um, Maybe I'm forgetting something from season one. Do you remember that interaction, Southern Senate? Well, he basically went into debt trying to help her out through school. Right. Yeah. Um, And, and didn't tell her about it. Remember, because she yeah. came over and there were all those bills. And you remember how, um, is it Colby, came over to the house 
that one night and offered her the job. And mm-hmm. her dad was, you know, he was already upset about that. So I, I would think that her taking this job at E Corp, knowing, you know, all the um, things that happened and, you know, her, her mom dying because of them, I guess he sees that as some kind of betrayal, you know. And now here he is working for the man, um, and his daughter is working for them in a higher-up position, and here she comes asking for favors. You know, I would I would probably feel some kind of way as well. I know, because he told her, he said, he basically said, I don't trust you. And that's like, I mean, I can't imagine as a daughter my dad standing in front of me and telling me he doesn't trust me. But then she was like, this is just a courtesy to you. So they were both being really cold with one another. What did you think about that interaction, Akira? Uh, that interaction, I mean, uh, I mean, it's always hard when you, when it, when that type of disappointment comes from the parents, you're just like, ugh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can definitely understand where the father is coming from because um, he's coming from that position of uh, the situation that happened with their mom, with um, his wife, Angela's mom, and he's basically trying to. Um, remain steadfast in the lawsuit and not and want to pre- and wants to prevent what what happened to Angela's mom to happen to anybody else um but at the same time here comes and you know so it's just a, it's pretty much like a complete night and day i mean he's totally taken aback and even wondering well why in the heck would you even take this position um which i mean on one you know on one hand she could probably argue yeah i took the position because i needed the money I mean, she could probably go through a laundry list of positions of reasons why she took the position, but, you know, he's never going to understand it because in his mind and really what what, I guess what he's thinking also should have been in her mind is that they can offer you all the money in the world. They're evil. Don't even go there with them. Um, so, So he's, I think, still coping with that, you know, just with the fact that she even is now working for them. It's almost mm-hmm. as if he doesn't know her anymore, um, that doesn't know her, doesn't recognize her, and he's seeing, and he, I mean, as, assuming that they may have little interactions here and there, um, he's definitely seeing changes in her and to the point where she's unrecognizable to him. So now to the, and now for it to be to the, for it to be to a point where he's telling her flat out, you're, I don't trust you. Basically you're one of, you're with them now. Um, you're with them. I don't know you anymore and I don't trust you. Um, so it's got to be tough and not just for him, but I think also definitely tough for Angela because it's, she's again, seeing and dealing with the repercussions of her taking on that position where not only does she have her friends, people that she thought was friends questioning her and her motives. I mean, it takes it to a whole nother level when you have your family questioning, questioning yourself and your motives. So, you know just pushes her out there a little bit more on that lonely island that she's well, on don't right you, now. Don't you think this is like maybe part of Angela's long game? Because we do see her maneuvering to get to risk management with mm-hmm. um, Price. So maybe right. she had to um, portray this this um, untrustworthiness with her dad or this poor relationship with her dad in order for Ecore to trust her more to put her in this position um, because as as someone who has been affected by their risky 
practices had a parent die, that would probably be the last person you would want on the risk management team, basically, you know, in the know of all of the the down and dirty things that they're doing. So maybe in her long game, she's making it look like she's ruining this relationship with her parent, um, delivering this, um, them dropping this part of the, the settlement, of course, to get in with Price so he will even give her the job. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like Angela is, is, you know, she's really in it for the long haul, and she has goals that we don't even recognize at this point. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I definitely agree with you there. Um, and it is, like you say, having to remember, okay, what is this person, what is this character's end game at the moment? So, yeah, she's definitely able to take that uh, situation with um, getting them to drop the contingency and I think even prove really just surprised a lot of people, her dad and Philip Price, to be like, how did you get this? How did you even manage to get them to drop it? Um, and, you know, she was saying, really, at the end, it all boils down to money. Um, mm-hmm. And then knowing that, you know, like saying, just showing that persistence and saying, I, you know, to Philip Price, I know that this is what you wanted. You just didn't, you know, you just didn't ask for it, um, you know, or want to ask for it. Um, so I think really with her telling Philip Price that, I think that she put, you know, kind of called, called him out and saying, you know, you're used to being the almighty powerful and the powerful of the world and just getting what you want without really having to ask for it. And yet here's this one thing that is in your way. You can't figure out a way to shake it, but yet I was the one that managed to do it. So you're welcome. Um, so here, and then here's how I want to be repaid for that. Um, so yeah, there was definitely some end game there with her getting into uh, the risk management position and even Philip tells her like, why would you, you know, this is a pretty huge opportunity for you. Like you could pretty much almost be a director of something if you want to, why the heck would you Mm -hmm. want to go to risk management? You know? Yeah. Which is almost what to me would be a red flag to him. Like what I would, if I was Philip Price and she was asking Mm -hmm. for that, it, it would be, you know, one of those things that make you say, Hmm, let me think more about this or let me keep my eye on her. But Southern mm-hmm. Cynic, I know you want to see Philip Price on his knees. And we kind mm-hmm. of saw that this episode because um, after Angela delivers, you know, this, this gift to him, he, he, he always throws me off in his interactions with her. But he basically tells her, you know, it's my birthday today. <laughs> and, yeah, no, the, the birthday that you see on the Internet, that's not my real birthday. Today's my birthday. I don't tell many people. And then he asks her out and she just calmly tells him no like nothing not like I'm busy maybe another time she just tells him outright no and I have to admit that I just cackled when she did that I like <laughs> laughed so hard because I'm like that's that's like OG I love it what did you, what did you think when she she gets Philip Price to ask her out and she just says no I was so proud of my little cold-blooded ice queen. Oh, I cheered. I was so happy for her. Like, no, don't don't fall into that hole. Whatever game you're running, don't fall into that hole with him because he's going to suck you down. You know, I, I feel like with Price, he's running a con on her too. 
and mm-hmm. maybe he kind of, you know, has some feelings for her, but it's it's all manipulation. It's all something he's going to use on her, you know, at a later point. So, yeah, I'm glad he got rejected and that he's all up in his feelings about it. <laughs> I have no paper to him. <laughs> it was just like the look on his face when she said no. Like, it was so oh, priceless. <laughs> it was priceless. Oh, it was priceless. I'm so glad they captured that. What did you think, Akira? Uh, I mean, I was definitely, that was a laughing moment for me, too. I mean, because, um, like, like I said earlier, Philip is used to getting what he wants. And it's it was just really, really interesting to see him get turned down for something as simple as, would you, you know, like to help, you know, would you like to celebrate my birthday with me? And she just, the way that she delivered it, just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, um, that old um, Saturday Night Live skit where, um, what was it, the Long Island Boys? There was some song they had. <laughs> it was like a birthday cake being thrown to the ground. I could just imagine he offer her, offers her a piece of cake, and she's like, no, and just slaps it out of his hand. I don't want it. <laughs> Oh, I aspire. I aspire to just be able to be that calm and say no like that. Um, Did you catch when Angela went to her new job and her new supervisor was talking to her about upcoming cases? They were talking about this water thing in Flint that was just starting. Did you catch Uh that? Uh I was like, I was... I didn't. I, I have to admit, I didn't catch that the first time I saw the episode, and um, of course, I always have on closed captioning when I'm rewatching it. And I had to rewind. I'm like, did he just say Flint? And like, I really appreciated the writers just putting that out there that you know this is probably, you know, we know the government um, in Michigan knew about the water long before they told the people, and you could just imagine those them behind closed doors trying to head it off at the pass and, you know, not letting people know. So I I, I definitely appreciate the writers giving us giving us that little bit of of realness there. Um but so we have Angela and she was really showing us a lot this week. And then the the episode actually began with Joanna and what is I'm believing a flashback to an earlier time when Tyrell was there and they were showing her at an E-Core party. Like when I first saw it, I thought maybe she was like that was wishful thinking, but then I thought it was a memory. So what did you guys think? Did you think that was a memory or was that her just like wishful thinking, remembering, you know, hope, wishing that Tyrell was there? Um, I think it was a flashback. I was confused when I first saw it because I thought whoever was sending her the gifts, how did they get a picture of her sonogram? And I kind of thought, well, maybe it is Tyrell sending her those gifts and he's, you know, um, sending it to her as a, a, um, you know, to say that I'm thinking of you and our child. But watching it again, yeah, it's it's definitely a flashback to when she met um, Derek. Derek. Yeah, and she ran him. Yeah, so they're they're like was um, he like was he the bartender at that party? Because I went back to that scene because later when he said I met you at the e, at the E Corps party, I'm like, oh, maybe that was a memory, and that's where she met him. 
And then I went back to that scene looking in the background to see if I could see him. And I was just like assuming, because isn't he a bartender? Yeah, I think yeah. actually I'm serving. The bartender or or, or um, waiter or something there. You you just barely know that somebody's there. So does that mean that she's been having an affair with him all this time? Um, I, I mean, maybe, maybe not. But initially, though, when I when he mentioned that you know I should, that he met her at a party, initially I thought that um, thought back to the oh what was it the one party where uh, Sharon Knowles ends up dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that was the party that I thought of, but now that you guys mentioned it could have been that one in a flashback, so I mean, yeah, that could be that but um, but also at the same time, later, what we'll come to know about um Joanna and Tyrell's relationship um it can't you know obviously we've seen Tyrell sleep with somebody else for um yeah you know for um per- personal gain, whatever it is that he can get out of it um to yeah you know, to gain certain advantages in order to get what he wants. And that, in that case, it was um, to gain access to um, to the guy's phone so he could uh, see what was going on with um, with uh, with Price at the moment. And the whoever was getting the, whoever was in the running to get the CTO position. Um, so if anything, you know, with Joanna and Derek, I mean, I would think that maybe it's a possibility that she was, you know, throughout that time, maybe just establishing the groundwork or whatnot for her to really, you know, you know, again, again establishing her end game with Derek. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so I would think maybe that's what's the case, you know, that it could have been a flashback and that that party could have been where she met him because, mm-hmm. you know, initially we would think, you know, where did you meet this guy? Like, this is sudden. Um, so, Yeah. That would make more sense if she had met him a while ago. I was like Southern Cynic, I was thrown off by the picture of the, the ultrasound in the frame as well. Um, what it? Because I didn't know if this is is this the ultrasound of the current baby? Why is it framed? Oh, the, Are the you flashback, I think the flashback but, is the day that well, not the day that she finds out, but when she um, you know in her first trimester, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, it gives her another gift or something, I think. But it's just before the party. She opens this gift, and he comes downstairs, and they head off to the party, and that's where you see her and um, Scott, and I think his wife is there and milling around in the background. Yeah. yeah. So it's just it's just a flashback. Okay. Once again, I am just uh, Derek is amazing to me how he treats Joanna like she's just some basic girl and demanding that she comes to his 30th birthday party because she only turned 30 once and if she doesn't come there through. I was just like, why are you talking to Joanna this way? It's like once, I don't, he is amazing to me that he thinks he can give her an ultimatum and then later when you see her in his apartment, and where how he's living, and it's like you just need to be grateful that she's letting you choke her out. Is is how I feel about Terry. Every time you need to be grateful she's letting you choke her, and she's teaching you how to do it right. And just be glad. Like, why is he trying to make her basic? 
Southern cynic. Why is he trying to make Joanna basic? I I don't know. I I just know that Joanna is she's just brilliant. I I think she played him like a fiddle because she's playing like oh you know the um not conservative but just you know the the she ain't playing conservative well, girl. <laughs> She's playing the girlfriend who can be walked over and talked down to, you know, um, just to bolster his power up a little bit and also, you know, make him want her just a little bit more to, you know, cling to her just a little bit more because when it comes down to it, you know, uh, you know, later on we'll see what the result of all of that is that Mm -hmm. he would, you know, basically do anything for her. So I, I think she's just, it's just part of her con. It's all an act. She doesn't love him, doesn't want him. Um, she just gets what she physically needs from him, and the rest will come later. And Akira, those um, she gave him divorce papers or showed him divorce papers. My thoughts were she went to, like, lawyers.com and printed those off herself. <laughs> what did you think? Um Okay. Well, yeah. To clarify, with the flash, uh, the flashback, uh, that gift, um, the flashback of the party, that um, gift was actually those earrings that um, Sharon yeah. comments on. And then I guess it's and then it's it's cut to current time. I guess where there's a the gift, the gift of the uh, sonogram. Um, okay. So with the divorce papers, um, yeah, definitely it's definitely part of an, uh, part of um, Joanna. And just her game to keep, you know, to hold on to him longer um, for whatever she ultimately needs him for, Um, you know, again, just to make him think, okay, just give him, you know, give him the, continue on with the illusion that he wants for now. Um, And that illusion is that, oh, yeah, you know, you're my girlfriend and this and that. And, you know, so she could play into that by, you know, making them think, well, the reason I didn't show up to your party is because I was with my lawyer getting these thrown up. So once, you know, the divorce is final, then we can, you know, be, be together and all that mess. Um, how many how many times have men used that line on their side pieces? Girl, <laughs> forever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forever. Yeah, and then with that, and then with that, we always say. Um, girl, you better be careful because how you got them is how you lose them. Um, oh, truth, truth. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, but uh, it would. I mean, it would be amusing to think of just to think that Joanna would just go to lawyers. dot com and um, you know type <laughs> something up, but. <laughs> <laughs> it would be pretty amusing, but at the same time, I would think that Joanna's pretty legit with um, with that. I mean, you know, um, she wants it to look as authentic as possible because we know when we see, you know, yeah, we're seeing the papers, but we're like, girl, we know you're not going through with this. We know you're not going to go through with this so-called divorce. And seriously, Derek, if you think that she's doing that, you're even more dumber than we thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, but it just goes into, just goes into showing how she, like Southern Cynic said, is able to just play him like a fiddle, and he's just so, 
he just so wants to believe in it. Like, okay, yes, I believe you again. You know, yes, let's be together. Like, she just knows exactly which cards to play in order to keep him around. And he just keeps going back to it. I mean, hey, I mean, masochist. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, basically, Mm -hmm. he just won't learn. He just won't learn. But, I mean, that's the power of Joanna. That's like her superpower. Teach mm-hmm. us. We're at your feet. <laughs> <laughs> Honey. But, yeah, so I had a question. I was thinking about this um, a little bit earlier. So I went and saw a girls' trip um, last weekend with my friends, and I was thinking about, you know, you have your squad of friends. So if you had to choose between Dom, Angela, Darlene, and I'm just going to put Joanna out there. Just if you could only pick one of those to be in your squad, to be your chick, to be down with your girlfriends, who would you pick? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Southern Senate go first. Who would you pick between Darlene, Dom, Angela, and Joanna, and why? Okay, okay. This squad, <laughs> is this just my hangout crew, or is this, this is your right now kind of crew? Like. This is your, these are these are your girls. These are your girls. These are like your ride or die chicks. You you hang out with. You go on trips with. You tell your secrets to. These are these are your your down girls. Oh, I'm going with Joanna. Really? Yes, she's gonna get me into all the places my little simple country pecan can't get into. <laughs> she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna get all the drinks. We're going to always be VIP. We're going to always be penthouse, okay? And we're going to always be dressed to the nines. And if we have any issues, any problems, she's coming with uh, backup. She has her bodyguard. We have um, our SUV for a getaway. If something goes down, she knows what to do with the body. I have no worries. <laughs> Joanna's going to take care of me, and, and that's my ride or die chick. I'm sorry. Okay. Joanna, ride or die She'll cut a bitch. All right. Akira, who are you choosing? Oh, God. Man, I don't know if I'm like, girl, you throwing this question at me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you seriously going to make me choose between all four. Uh, You seriously coming at me with a hard question like that. But, uh, you know, because you can see see attributes for all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Uh, yeah, I gotta go with Joanna on this one too. Um, but also, you know, but also at the same time, you like you better stay on her good side because if if things if things go left in the worst way, you know, she can send Mister Sutherland at you. So. But she'll let you. But she'll let you die slow, so you know why you're dying. Well, thank she'll you for that. She'll provide you that. <laughs> Yeah, she'll at least give me that, which is why don't let shit go left. Um, So So if anything, just stay on her good side and everything will be cool. Um, Yeah, yeah, I would have to go with Joanna because Joanna, like, seriously, yeah. I mean, she's seriously been coming at it with that ride or die, especially when it comes to Mm -hmm. Tyrell. I mean, everybody likes to go back to that moment when it's like, Girl induced her labor with a pickle fork. If that ain't right or die, I don't know what is. <laughs> you telling truth. You are telling truth right there. You're right. Um, you're right. Okay. Okay. Um, it, you, she, 
calm in any situation. I mean, when Tyrell was freaking out, she's just hanging back, eating her pickles. Yeah, she was. I, I love that gift. And walked off, you know. She, she's cool. She can handle any situation. Okay. Well, my turn. While, while I see both of your points of view, I have to be honest that being friends with Joanna would have me, um, I would be anxious at all times knowing what she's capable of. So I am going to choose what I think is the next best thing, and that is Dom, because I think Dom is going to also be able to sweet talk or get us into wherever we need to go because she has that secret power as well. She's going to be able to charm information out of people that we can use against them in the future. Um, She has a gun. She has the law behind her, so she knows how to work the laws to get us out of things. Um, She seems like the type of friend who's always going to get you a birthday present and who's always going to come to your party and stay late and help you clean up and, you know, that you can tell your secrets to, although she might bring them up at the worst time. But I feel like she's someone I could, you know, hang out with. I could help her with shopping. I like to shop for people. We could shop together or stuff like that. But you guys can keep Joanna, but she's a little bit too scary for me in real life. So I'm just going to go with Dom. I'm going to stick with, with, with Dom. And I, I kind of, I almost wanted to get Angela, but I feel like Angela would be a downer. She would be the type of friend who wouldn't show up for for um, plans and stuff at the last minute and not tell you why. And then with Darlene, Darlene seems like the type of person who would, like, instigate fights all the time and then not be able to really fight herself, and then she would just get me beat up. So I had to go with Dom. <laughs> I don't know about that. Feel like I don't know. Maybe we should put maybe we should put this question out to the listeners again. So like, all right, who would y'all choose? Did you ride or die? Okay, um, we're going to do a poll after this. We're going to do a poll tomorrow, and we'll see what people say. I'm I'm gonna. I, I don't see a lot of people picking Joanna. I think I don't know. I think it'll be between Dom and Angela if we put it to the masses. That's my prediction. What's your y'all are going to stick with Joanna? You think folks are going to pick Joanna? I think it's going to be between Joanna and Darlene. Uh, Joanna and Darlene. Okay. What do you think, Akira? I think, yeah, it might be between Joanna and Darlene. But you never know what the masses might say. So I'm just going to, you know, sit back and watch and see what the masses have to say about that. I am as well. I I hope, please please, um, come and vote in our poll because we really do want to hear what you have to say. Um, And then we will talk about the results next week um, and see which one of us were right. Ha, ha, ha. Um, So (laughs) let's get into Elliot. Lord, let's get into Elliot. He was going through so much this week. My goodness, it was stressful. So we see Elliot. um, He's still all bruised and bloodied and cut up. His eye is still jacked up. And um, Ray is basically, well, we start out with him and Mr. Robot, and they are having a moment. Um, Elliot is talking to us about the importance of a handshake um, and that introduction into trust in a relationship. Um, And he finally, he gets Mr. Robot to tell him what happened with Terrell and basically, um, you know, tells Elliot that he, as Mr. Robot, shot him and Elliot, you know, is able to 
you know, take some ownership and say, no, you didn't shoot him, I shot him. What did you think about that interaction, Southern Cynic, when Mr. Robot finally tells Elliot what he's been wanting to know basically this whole season thus far? I thought it was all lies from the get-go. I didn't mm-hmm. believe him for one instant. I didn't believe it. I, I thought that Mr. Robot was just telling Elliot what he's been wanting to hear mm-hmm. this entire time. And he could have fed him any story, and I think Elliot would have been okay with it. But I saw no truth in it. I, I thought that this was just, you know, a setup on Mr. Robot's part that he was hiding something else, something bigger. And so that's more of so that's more of like Elliot talking about you find the weakness and you exploit it. So Mr. Robot basically exploiting that that need yeah. for Elliot to know. Yeah. What did you to get Elliot back on board? He had to tell Elliot what he needed to hear, so he could get it back you? into this crisis. Yeah, and he really ran with that. He really reeled Elliot in with after telling him that information. He was able to, like you said, manipulate him. What did you think, Akira? Um, well, definitely, um, it's definitely a situation where um, Mr. Robot has been torturing Elliot with this long enough by not telling him, by not telling him, and just basically getting to the point where it's like, you know, you already think the worst has happened. You already think that you shot him, killed him, whatever. So it's kind of more of a situation where I think that Mr. Robot is just going to go, you know, is already recognized that, well, you already think this. So let me go ahead and confirm what you already believe, because that's really, I think, the only way to make Elliot stop questioning what happened, what happened, what happened, because any other scenario especially the truth, is only going to mm-hmm. lead to more questions. And, you know, Mr. Robot's at that point where it's like, we don't really have time for questions. We need to get up out of here, um, <laughs> which leads to the <laughs> reveal later on. Yeah, we need yeah. to get up out of here and get back to a terminal and just continue whatever it is that we started. Um, but, yeah, but it's also, you know, I think in, with him giving him that, you know, by telling him, well, let me just tell you what you confirm what you already think happened anyway. Um, easily manipulating him to think that, okay, this is something that had to happen, you know, because he goes in and justifies it by saying, oh, you know, he was talking crazy about killing somebody, you know, it was us or it was us or him. And, mm-hmm. you know, if anything, I think just, you know, relaying that by, but also letting Elliot know, like, I did, you know, yeah, this had to happen in order for me to protect you. You know, because he's still coming off on that whole on that whole thing where, you know, Elliot goes into his safe place and Mr. Robot is able to step in and take the punches for him. So he's just continuing on with that because they've already got that, you know, Elliot's already said thank you and they're already, you know, they've already gotten to that level. So it's like, okay, I am back in somewhat. So I just need to just keep, go, keep it going there so that I really have him more so where I want him. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, any other yeah, any other scenario would not have worked because, you know, it would have just led to more questions and Mr. Robot is like, let's, you know, what does it even matter? Why do you even want to know so much? Let's just cut to the chase and, and you know, be done with it and just keep it moving. Yeah, I mean, he was very, he played Elliot very well this episode. I mean, 
starting with that and then going into the whole speech about, you know, why did you respond to my note? Why did you follow me off of the subway? You wanted this. You wanted this. You have to finish this. You have to be the leader. Um, you know, that whole just spiel with Elliot. And he, he really is, I mean, and it's so, you know, it's so hard sometimes as a viewer to keep, for me anyway, to keep in my mind that it really is the same person, that this is just Elliot talking to himself, that this is just Elliot's internal battle, that Mr. Robot really isn't another person. And just to think about all this, you know, internal struggle and psychoses going on with Elliot and just to you know, realize how how messed up our poor little pocket prince really is sometimes is kind of hard for me to think about. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But it's, you know, it's difficult watching just these mental breakdowns Elliot has every week and how you just can reconcile that. But I don't know. I don't know, ladies. I love the show, but it is stressful. It is stressful to me. And speaking of stress, uh, we see Elliot interacting with Ray and kind of giving us the big reveal of the season this um, for this season. And Ray taught, is, um, asked Elliot to get back on the computer and finish the migration, which to me, you know, it's like, that's taking a risk there, right? Um, and Elliot does this, but then Elliot asks him to play a game of chess. Um, and they have this interaction in which Ray reveals to Elliot that he didn't know what was on the site and that his wife had, in fact, started the site and they had agreed to never look. Um, and Ray was talking about how it would eat up at him and that Elliot was really saving him from his from himself by looking at the site and eventually basically turning him in. What did you think about this chess interaction with Elliot and Ray Akira? Uh, well, definitely um, everything coming full circle with the two of them, really, because, um, you know, Elliot has finally mastered, mastered the game of chess um, in more ways than one, um, you know, Ray at that point was looking like a formidable, you know, a formidable, formidable force. Um, so you're just wondering how the heck is Elliot gonna, gonna surpass this and come out of this? Because like Mr. Robot said, Ray is not some coffee shop owner. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's Elliot, um, representing that moral compass, for Ray that had been absent um, with him saying, you know, I wasn't going to look. We decided we weren't going to look. We weren't going to look. We weren't going to look. Even though your mind, even though his mind probably was going uh, 1,000 miles a minute wondering what type of things were going on on that site. So, and the mind can be a, the mind is a strong fucker. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, I mean, if you let it, you could just go there and think, have you have you thinking all kinds of thoughts. So, you know, he definitely wanted to just kind of quiet it down, shut that noise out by not looking. But at the same time, you can only avoid that for so long. So, you know, you had, um, I mean, because I, I mean, I'm, cause obviously I'm pretty sure that what's, uh, um, 
rat tail. Um, I think it's the name. Yeah, you, he had to look at it too, um, but you know, oh, you talking about Lone Star? No, no, um, the guy, the other the IT first guy. guy. Yeah, the yeah, first guy. RT. <laughs> that's what he called him, RT. Um, yeah, so you know, he had to look. I think at one point because he and he ultimately ended up showing Elliot what was going on on the site, and um, you know, it, but yeah, it wasn't really until Elliot came along that it was like, you know, that Ray could no longer deny what it was. Like he had to own up, he had to face it. The illusion was completely shattered for Ray now that he had seen what was actually there. Um, so. So yeah, so that was that whole that that was that whole moment for me. Just the illusion, you know, illusions being shattered left and right in this episode. But I mean, even if Ray never looked at the site, he was still doing despicable things himself and asking people to do despicable things himself. Just in the migration of the site, beating up folks, mm-hmm. what he did to Elliot. So I mean, he knew it was bad. I mean, even yeah. if you didn't look, it, it, it's not like you're innocent just because you didn't look, oh, because yeah. you're and still think, doing terrible things. Yeah, and I think that, you know, he, you know, he definitely tried to fool himself by thinking, well, you know, I'm not looking at what's there. You know, I know that it's probably, he was like, I know that it's probably some shady shit beyond what I can imagine is going on there. But at the same time, he also said, you know, we would let we would let the money decide whether we kept the site going or just shut it down. And of course, money for whatever they were selling was rolling in, so money dictated we keep it going. And it was, and he even said, it's the type of money that makes you question right and wrong. So even if, you know, you be this person and you know the difference between right and wrong, you know, that money, money. Being that root of being the root of the being root of all evil, you know it. Money can do some things to you. Definitely change your character. Um, so even if he was someone of moral fiber, that once that type of money started rolling in, it was like, yeah, yeah, completely, completely compromised himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Southern Cynic, we see um, at the end of that conversation, Ray asked Elliot how much time did he have because he knew that you know, if you put Elliot back on the site, that there was a good likelihood that Elliot was going to find some way to inform the authorities, and Elliot, in fact, did. But after Ray gets caught, we see um, Leon and Elliot having a conversation at the basketball court, and Leon is basically saying, you know, half of the folks here are glad that Ray's gone, Half of the folks here are mad that Ray's gone, and the other half basically want to F Elliot up because he's messed with their business. Um, And we got to see, you know, the gang of guys who had been tormenting Hot Carla in the Red Wheelbarrow. And once again, if you haven't read or listened to the Red Wheelbarrow, you really need to. Um, We see these guys come up and threaten Elliot, and we kind of see – the aftermath of that. What did you think when you saw all of that happening in the episode? I remember watching it the first time and I was so confused about what was happening. Was I about to actually watch Elliot get raped in this alley? You know, what was going on? And, you know, what was his connection to these guys other than, you know, they were just, 
assholes the whole time to him, you know. But, oh, God, thank goodness for Leon coming through and saving the day. Yeah, Leon, Where- came, I just... I just started watching um, Game of Thrones like two weeks ago, and I feel like I feel like Leon came down that alley like somebody threw Games of Thrones with that knife, and oh my god, it was it was so much when he stuck the knife in the guy's butt and then oh, kicked it in. Oh, it's so brutal! I just yeah, I was stopped. I, I just couldn't comprehend what I was seeing. And then all this blood and all the screaming. I was like, what's happening? What is this? And then the reveal that it was Leon, you know, because he, didn't he take off his hood at the end? You know, you wasn't exactly sure who it was. It was just a guy in a hoodie, you know, like super, super Negro. Coming down. <laughs> yeah, because when you're watching it, when you're watching, you're like, how is Elliot going to get out of this? There is no one was going to help him, and you're right, Leon shows up, and not only does he, you know, slash everybody and save Elliot, he tells Elliot, you know, you're going to get a letter on Tuesday, do what it says, and then he reveals that White Rose has basically, you know, set him up to be kind of Elliot's protector um, during this time. Um, Akira, what did you think about this whole interaction in the alleyway and all of the fallout from that? Okay, well, I've got to backtrack to, um, you know, with that scene with Leon telling telling Elliot about the half, you know, the half that wants to do this and the half that have to do that. And, um, you know, he, you know, he that scene closes out with him saying, you know, you're sitting, you know, just remind, just remember, you know, you're sitting under the sword of, um, Di- was, De- um Di- oh Di- gosh. Yeah, Dem- I, Dem- I know what it is. Oh, I cannot remember. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me right Domicles. now. Domocles. 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 Yes. Yeah, so I had to pause that. I mean, because I, heard, you know, you heard what you said, but you were like during this during the season, I was like, okay, you know, didn't really read that much into it. But now I'm like, okay, wait a minute, I gotta go back, look at what he was saying. So yeah, read that whole backstory and everything. So basically, with that, you know, and, you know, that was just another way of Leon for Leon saying, you know, like you are in a position of great power and all this, but at the same time, you put yourself in a position of great danger as well. So, I mean, just, man, Leon hitting me up with, hitting me up with all this, all, yeah, all this knowledge and stuff. And I'm like, I could listen to Leon talk, talk all, talk all that all day. And then flash, you know, fast, fast forward to um, the scene in the alley. And, you know, with that, I mean, Part of me was like, you know, Elliot has to come out of this. You know, there is, you know, probably going to be somebody, something that happens to these guys. You know, I was like, it pop up. I'm like, I was like, there's no way that this potential rape is actually going to happen. And then, um, you know, sure enough, uh, you know, not, you know, you start hearing these knife sounds and everything. And also, I mean, if you, you know, looking at it, you could tell that it was Leon because you're like, who else would it be? I mean, other, I mean, another guess of who it probably would have been would have probably been Hot Carla, but at the same time, but oh, that would have been, that would have been so awesome. That would have been so awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so like if I had to throw another, like another, like speculation of, okay, who could it be? Yeah, it probably could have been Hot Carla, but, um, you know, he's, you know, obvious answer was like, it's got to be Leon. And, you know, just watching him do his thing, I was like, well, damn, Leon, <laughs> you know. So, 
And then with that whole scene, he reveals himself to be in the dark army. And then you're like, I know I was kicking myself like, why the hell didn't I see this from the jump? You know, you're going <laughs> You know, you're, you know, you're going back, you're looking at the clothes that he was wearing. I mean, cause obvious, I mean, like, obviously you could see he's wearing a lot of, you know, cameo, camouflage, motif type of clothing. But at the same time, I was like, damn, the signs are right there in front of you. How the hell did you miss that? But, um, That's you know, they do us. That's how oh. they do us. It's right there in front of you, but you can't see it. Actually, that was the Darlene revelation of this season, I think, you know, because a lot yeah. of people didn't see that Darlene revelation coming. And so, yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, God damn, Sam did it again. This is the fucking Darlene revelation. <laughs> 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 so, so if anything, I'm like, okay, I'm like, you know what, forget that other damn reveal. This is the one that I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you tell White Rose that did you good. But, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I could watch that scene many times over because, I mean, I just like, you know, hearing Leon be the be such a badass. And I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, that's Joey Badass. Well, or, yeah, you exactly, know. <laughs> that is Joey Badass. Yeah, um, like, yeah, that was so good. That was so good. And then, you know, it does lead us to the last scene where he's with Krista and um, he's talking about the fact that he's going to be released. And, you know, she stops him and says, you know, Elliot, I have to ask you, where do you think you are right now? And we get the reveal that, in fact, Elliot has been in prison. And once again, if I just spoil season two for you, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> you were warned, episode one, that we were going to spoil things. So, he reveals that, you know, he's been in jail and they let us see beautifully, I think, how Elliot has weaved this illusion of his life these past months where he's been in jail, but he's been um, protecting himself by weaving this illusion of being at his mom's house. Southern Cynic, what did you think? the first time you saw it and you realized that he's been in jail the entire time? I think my problem was um, leading up to the episode, <clears throat> all of the fans, uh, all of the super fans, you know, everybody was alluding to the fact that he's in jail. Mm-hmm. He's in jail. He has to be in jail. There's no other place he can be. This is all an illusion and he's in jail. So the impact of it was kind of lost on me, but I was still surprised and, and um, you know, pleased with how they shot it. it. It was it was great to see, you know, that it all came out in the open and Elliot is talking to us again, you know. He trusts us again. We're his friends now, so he can reveal, well, he- you know, what's going on. My hope, my only issue with him is where he told us that he wouldn't lie to us anymore and he promised that, but I don't believe him. I don't believe him for one second that he's not going to keep things from us again in season three. I'm sorry, I just don't trust it. Akira, did you know ahead of, did you suspect ahead of time 
I have to say, I don't, um, when I'm watching Mr. Robot, I don't read a lot of commentary about the show because I don't want to um, read too much speculation because I just like to experience the, sh- the show. So I was, I was like, oh, wow. You know, and then, of course, like you said, when you go back and you rewatch it, you're like, the signs were, it's obvious that he was in jail, you know, just how people were interacting with him, et cetera. Um, but when you saw it the first time, um, were you aware? Do you already suspected? What did you think? Well, I had people adding me on Twitter from the first episode of the season saying, he's in jail, he's in jail. So I'm like, okay, you know, with the, with the clues and everything. So with that in mind from actually from the first part of the, from the first part of the two part episodes um, of the premiere. um, Yeah. uh, So pretty much throughout the rest of the season up until this point, you know, I could see the clues, you know, see more of the clues revealing itself and everything. And I'll admit that through going up into the season at this point, I mean, it was, you could see the prison motifs and everything, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I was like, I, I was on on the fence about it because I was like, I don't know if I want this to actually be true because, you know, you, you kind of think, well, what if this is going to, you know, is this going to be a thing that's going on every season where there is this thing that's being hidden from us? even though the signs are going to be there and you can figure it out, you know, I just didn't want it to be like that. But also at the same time, I'm like, you know what, slow your roll, trust Sam to take Mm -hmm. you on this journey. And, you know, whatever, whatever it is that will be from this season, Sam will execute it beautifully, which she ended up doing anyway. So I couldn't be mad at it. So I couldn't be mad at it because the way that it happened, again, it just pretty much um, squashed any like, reservations I may have had about like, okay, well, is this going to be something that happens every season where there's this, you know, big secret that we have to figure out? Um, you know, cause even if you look back at season one, you know, a lot of people were like, I knew it. I knew Mr. Robot wasn't real. And it's what, and Sam, you know, you go back and read interviews with Sam and he's like, well, yeah, it's not like I was trying to hide that from you guys. So, and then, and then it was also the way that he did it in season two, um, approached it in season two where again he knows that he knows how smart his audience is so he's not um what is it you know he's not dumbing anything down I mean he definitely knows that the audience is smart enough to catch on to this and that and any little and anything that he throws at us um of course with the exception of Leon he did get me there um, you know, so, um, I mean, and that I will, again, just bow down because, I mean, I'm like, man, you did it again? Like, you did it. Like, I'm thinking this, I'm like, shit, this might top the Darlene reveal from season one with Leon. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, so I think that that's one thing. So I'm, I'm like, you know, and I definitely will not be worrying about that going into season three because um, I'm like, you know what, just again, trust in Sam, trust in the journey that he's going to take you on with this show. Um, so, and even actually, I remember there was another marathon going on with season, they were doing a marathon of season one. And I remember even looking back at the pilot and I thought back, you know, knowing with the whole prison theory that was out there and you're listening to that monologue that Mr. Robot gives Elliot talking about how my dad did this. And, you know, he was in prison just like you are, Elliot. And I'm thinking, 
hmm, is this some kind of, you know, now you're like, yeah. okay, at that point I'm like, you know, I can't deny the whole prison thing anymore. Um, but then you're also wondering, you know, you know, like you're just reading into that a little bit too much because obviously, you know, we realize how we'll get to see how long he was in prison. Um, so, you know, I guess in that sense, way back in the pilot with him telling, you know, Elliot, you're in prison too, you know, that could have been like a mentally you're in prison, but of course now we see physically he's in prison, he's in prison of sorts. But then again, you never know. I'm kind of wondering, you know, just going down that rabbit hole some more. I'm like, wait, are are you sure we're, are you sure we're really out of this? Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, the whole thing about, you know, I won't lie to you going forward. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just going to have to watch and see how Elliot interacts with us after uh, the whole thing with, uh, you know, how season two ended. Um, yeah. But I think if anything, he's definitely going to be more pissed with um, certain people who, mm-hmm. you know, certain people. So I'm like, he can't be mad at us going into season three because, you know. Hey, you know, Elliot, don't put that blame on us this time. I know. Uh-huh. Please don't please don't grab us and shake us and throw us on the ground again. That was terrible. That was terrible. But speaking of season three, um, they dropped the trailer for season three this week and we know um that the show is coming back October eleventh, so ten eleven, um, at ten o'clock. So we will have to do a countdown for that. But um, we saw the the trailer, and it was only a minute long, but what a wonderful minute it was. Uh, and not just that, but the whole lead-up, the whole yeah. leading up to it on social media, I, all of us were like, what? <laughs> we're trying to figure it all out. We're like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, I'm their PR team, but I'm going to need them to bring it down from these mental-level puzzles that they're giving us so these you know, the basic people can figure it out. I was stressing out for a whole hour trying to figure what is going on. You were. You you, you guys should you guys should have been in our DMs. These two ladies were in the DMs hard trying to figure out what was going on. And I was just reading them because I'm, I'm like, I am not even at that level. I'm just going to let my girls work it out. Yeah, but you know that's also part of the fun in it, and like, and you know, trying to sit, trying to sit there and see if you can figure out these um, mini puzzles that they throw at you. Um, but you know, but also at the same time, I'm like, okay, if I don't figure it out, if we don't figure it out, somebody's gonna figure it out. But then ultimately, we're like, you know what? They're gonna drop a trailer eventually. So you know, um, but I mean, it was interesting going through that whole process. And yeah, we were in the D, me and Southern Cynic were in the DMs trying to figure it out. Like, okay, wait, letters, you know, like maybe there's something with the numbers and then this and that. And I remember, yeah, I remember at one point even trying to guess the premiere date. I'm like, maybe October 4th. And then I only ended up being a week off. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, oh, that trailer. Oh, that trailer. <laughs> intense. Mm-hmm. Oh, so intense. Mm. Uh, was that Angela? I can't. I couldn't tell if that was Angela in the mask or somebody who was wearing a blonde wig because the hair, the color was just a little off, but there was blood on the mask, and you could see that there was smoke in the background. Are they storming E-Corp? Is this the end of the season or the beginning of the season? Dom has her, her gun tuned to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what? Price it and Tyrell was- back together? 
what? Yeah, it was very militaristic in some ways, almost like a police state. Um, you know, and they kept talking about democracy and democracy is coming, which is, you know, power to the people, rule by the people. Um, and it's very interesting that in season three, um, you know, I think I had read somewhere, you know, President Obama is still the president and Donald Trump is not the president yet. And even that is, I'm exciting just to see so much in season three. But the trailer, like you said, Southern Cynic, it's it's only a minute long, but it's so intense. Like watching it, I could feel my heart rate speeding up and I'm just like, I was over so overwhelmed in that one minute. I can't even imagine what season three is going to actually be like if that one minute trailer is an indication of what we can expect. I don't know. What were you thinking, Akira? Oh man, I was just like, oh, I'm just so overexcited. I, you know, the trailer was on, and I'm like, okay, good. Nobody is around me right now. Good. I can just watch this trailer in peace. And just revel in it and everything. And oh man, it is going down in season three. I am so excited for this. <laughs> uh, yep. Um, as soon as as soon as the trailer was over and I had the saw the premiere date, I'm like, okay, let me get on my phone and put my little countdown together. Um, straight up, like probably White Rose would appreciate. I'm like, give me yes. months, weeks, days, second, you know, minute, hours, minutes, seconds. Yeah, give me all of that. So. Yeah, that countdown is straight up going. So, oh my god, I'm so excited for this. I cannot wait. Um, oh. and speaking of Rose, like the guy who's supposed to be playing the car salesman who had the two dark army soldiers behind him. Yes, yes. Bobby Cannavale. Mm-hmm. Yes. <gasps> I know. Oh, I that. The army or something? Like, what's going on in season three? I need it now. I know. Yeah. I have heard someone speculate that that scene right there might be a flashback of sorts, but I'm like, I don't have time for y'all yeah. speculating whether stuff is going to be a flashback or not. I just, like, let me just see it, it roll, yeah. roll out. It does I'm like, like in the arcade, and I still don't think that we ever found out what happened to that one bullet with no blood on it that they found at the mm. arcade. That is oh. true. So, oh, oh, yeah. so much, yeah. so much, ladies. I Oh, it's gonna be so good. And you guys, are you guys okay with people tweeting speculation out to you? Like, I don't like, I don't want any of that personally. I just want to sit and just be confused and just revel in confusion <laughs> for all ten episodes until you know Sam feels fit to reveal to us what's happening and everything. But are you guys okay with people tweeting speculation to you? Like, do you enjoy that? Um, I mean, for me, I, I pretty much, I'm just like, it comes with the territory, you know, of, you know, maintaining hello friend that um, some people DM me with their thoughts and everything. So, um, on one hand, I pretty much tend to take everything with a grain of salt, really, because I mean, it's just the nature of the show in terms of the fandom, you know, fans can't help but speculate what's going on. I mean, because we're, I mean, we're talking about the trailer and speculating, okay, well, what do you think this scene might, that little snippet of of a scene might be? What do you think about this? Um, We just can't help it. It's it's in our nature. But, um, but on one hand, I mean, I don't really read, I mean, I'll, I'll look at it and consider it, but at the same time, I won't really look too much into it because at the same time, I'm like, all right, well, let me just watch it watch the season unfold and if anything like I'll keep that on the back burner and then maybe come back to it 
Um, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so I mean, so speculation, I mean, it doesn't really bug me that much, you know. What about you, Southern Senate? I just don't want to get into the same hole that I got into last season where you start picking up these tidbits and you start running those scenarios through your head and trying to figure out what's happening in the show before it actually happens and ended up spoiling yourself. You know, mm. you take the impact of what is going to happen away by, you know, speculating too much. So I'm going to try to dial it back a little bit this season. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if anybody ever tweets anything at me, I, I'll try to glance at it. But if it's starting to go too deep into a theory, I'm just going to let it go. Just set it aside yeah. and let it go. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm going to stop with the Reddit. As soon as the season starts, I'm off Reddit. <laughs> all right well, well i will i will help you keep to that promise i will help you keep to that promise and so um you guys have spent another hour with us and so we're going to do a shout out so akira you're going to be on a on another mr robot podcast so tell folks about the mr Ro- mr robot podcast that you're going to be um a guest on coming up Okay, well, that podcast is the Mr. Robot O podcast. Uh, it's run by Mike Moody and uh, Tella Vixen and, um, oh, my God, they're their partner. They're going to kill me for forgetting their name. Um, but, yeah, so um, they basically do as we do. We talk about Mr. Robot. Um, I've been on, a, been on as a guest before uh, talking about the trailer. So, um, yeah, Mike hit me up in the DMs and was like, okay, trailer came out we got to talk about it and i was like okay yeah i'm just yeah i'm down to continue on the tradition because we talked about the season two trailer on one episode so um but yeah so um definitely check them out um they um it's always a good time listening to their podcast they've been also doing some commentary episodes as well um and also some and also sometimes give out gifts um i know that they have uh, mike has a friend who's an artist who um did um did a couple of um pictures of some of the characters um and gave those away so yeah i mean it's always a good time with it's always a good time with um listening to their podcast so yeah much love to mike and the crew good cool so you guys check them out on twitter and we you know there's nothing but love in these twitter streets and we want to send traffic to as many podcasts as we can because we appreciate it when people um, send traffic our way as well. So you have listened to the Unmasked Podcast again. I am at C. Talene and you can find me on Twitter at C-T-A-L-L-E-E-N Southern Cynic. Tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Southern Cynic. And Akira. All right, they can find me at HelloFriend, H3LL0FRI3ND1. That's right, and you can find this podcast on Twitter as well. You can search for us at Unmasked Podcast. And just a reminder that we are part of the Brothers Comic family of podcasts, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and wherever quality podcasts are sold. So once again, good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. I can barely move. Ask about me. I'm gonna bust a move. Hey, I'm good. Three chains. 33 chains. Ocean now. Cruising big scan. Pit fire.
top on. That's a liability. Hit the gap, yeah. Boosting my yard drilling. Be it fine. Percocet, yeah. Molly Percocet. Be it fine. Percocet, yeah. Molly Percocet. Be it fine. Represent, yeah. Gotta represent. Gang, gang. Chase a chick, yeah. Never chase a bitch. Be it fine. Mask on, yeah. Fuck it, mask up. Be it fine. Mask on, yeah. Fuck it, mask up. Be it fine. Percocet, yeah. Molly Percocet. Be it fine. Chase a chick, yeah. Never chase a bitch. Chase no bitches. Photo maybe. I drive anything, yeah. buy my rings, yeah. make them go insane. Yeah. My guillotine, drink with Melzin, drink with Taking beans, yeah. go to those extremes. Uh, let's go, let's go. Parliament, call up Mari Wednesday, yeah. Parlay in Vegas, we was in the tennis. Let's go, let's go. Before the business, yeah. Theodore Lenses, Theodore prescriptions, yeah. Focus on the Percocet, yeah, Molly Percocet, be it fine. Percocet, yeah, Molly Percocet, 